inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello, we are back live, live in studio, and it is November the 1st, 2021. Hey, Care, how are you doing? Monday morning. Oh, your mic is not on? Uh-oh. Talk again? Monday morning, uh-oh. Oh, no, we don't have sound on Carrie's mic. Uh-oh, am I plugged in still? Um. I hear you, but... The joys of live radio. Um, yes. Well, I don't really want to host a show on my own. Um, <laughs> I can tell you what to say in the background. Yeah, I think station manager Tim might come in, or can you call him? He's here. You can hear oh. me, but I can't get Carrie, my uh, sister's mic. No. It's not coming. I can't hear her. Is it coming through? Maybe you can't hear. Maybe they can. Is she on the air? I can't hear her in my headphones. I, I'm able to hear you through the... Yeah. Oh, so she is coming through? You can't hear me, he's saying. Huh. I don't know why I can't hear you then, Carrie, but... Oh. Now that might be a hard conversation to have if you can't hear me. It's a little unfortunate, yeah. I don't know how to get Carrie through the headphones. Um, can you not just not wear headphones today, or do you... Well, no, I can still hear you. Oh, as you long can? as you're going over the air, I just don't want to be talking if it's a one-sided conversation. <laughs> but. That would be funny. <laughs> no? Maybe for our listeners. I don't mm. know. All right, well, we'll just trust it. I assume they'll come in if... We're having a conversation that we think is two-sided, and it's not. Yeah. But yeah, it's a weird board issue that, yes, being blind, if I could look quick at the board, I might see what button got pressed here that I'm not hearing carry through my headphones, but uh, I am not sure. But uh, anyhow. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Sorry, folks. A little technical difficulties, but that's hold on, hold on. that's live radio. Oh, here comes Tim. Here comes the savior. Sorry. I missed. I didn't press the switch. It's always a... Oops, hold on. It's this one. It's always a switch. There we go. It's always a switch. Now we, now we got it. Yeah, shut those other mics down. All right, good. All good. Oh, Sorry, don't you love it, listeners? Live. This is the fun of live radio, though, right? This is a, this is a university station, and we, we are professional. We like to be as professional as possible, but same point. It's all a learning experience. We're all learning here, and... And, and you learn how to just go with it. You do, and you have to... That's the one thing I like about live radio is it does keep yeah. you on your toes and you have to be able to improv in the moment and you got to be used to the technical difficulties and sort of try to incorporate them into your show. <laughs> and sometimes that goes better than other times. It depends on, right. you know, um, but the, just my worst fear sometimes. And if it happened, it, speaking of fears and Halloween just happening, but, uh, exactly, would be to uh, do a whole show with you and then come home and be like, oh, it didn't air. It wasn't live or like you could hear me, but not you. <laughs> like, no, yeah, I wanted to have worked, but I want it just to be you, yeah. But at the same point, I'm sure if there's, especially today, there are people here in the studio, so somebody would say something. It's the times when I'm here on my own, occasionally that has happened in the past, where it's like, am I even on? Like, is anyone hearing me? But uh, anyway, anyhow. There are a lot of joys of live radio, I think. That's why I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and that's also why we do have, stay tuned this month, a couple of interviews coming up on this show, but... Compared to, I guess we did a couple here in the studio live before the pandemic, but since the pandemic, we've been doing a lot more interviews, but they've been all 
pre-records. So it will be really interesting to try and do some live interviews in the moment. And we are going to do tests before. Um, I'll talk about it briefly here in a few minutes about Zoom here on the station computer. And actually, this past Friday after my music show, Chin Music, Tim, the manager here, helped me get Zoom working here in the studio and the computer, which is a Mac computer. And if you've listened to our show before, and we're both siblings who are born blind, we've been using voice technology screen readers. And on a Mac computer, it's a built-in accessibility voiceover feature that any Mac computer I can just turn on with the keystroke command F5, though I'll let you know a couple things, Carrie, that can come up. For one, the F keys on this keyboard, I think, were deactivated. (laughs) So the command didn't work. Wait, Um, why would anybody... Well, you can... Is that a thing? I don't quite know, but yeah, on a keyboard, you can... Oh. Have the F keys work, to work as functions or not? Okay. Um, anyhow, that's getting a little technical. but um, So that was off, so I tried the Command F5 on Friday to turn on voiceover, and it didn't work. Um, but then it also turned out that you can assign that key, um, that keystroke to do it, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason on the computer, it was turned off, so it wasn't set to, to activate voiceover with Command F5. All right. Um, but... Uh, Tim was in here and he uh, clicked a, a checkbox to change that. So then I just pressed Command F5 and then it worked. And we did have to do a bit of sound switching with with the board to get the voiceover to come out so that it wouldn't have to come over the air, but it would still work on the computer so I could still operate Zoom to have live guests on. But uh, anyway, to, to make a long explanation short or sum it up here, it is all set up on the board now with Zoom going through one of the channels here the output from the computer in here and um, voiceover going through a different channel. So I will be able to access those in a few weeks, Carrie, when we have a couple of exciting interviews here on the show. Yeah, it was it's just neat when to come into the studio, studio here and you, I can hear the voiceover voice on the Mac coming through the headphones. Yeah, it's just, you have to have the, there's so many different technologies and, and then sometimes some don't mesh <laughs> with with how you need to use them, but it's cool to have that happening in the studio. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should clarify, too, that on on a PC, on a Windows system, there is now, well, there is the uh, narrator, which I've heard has gotten a lot better, and that is a built-in um, screen reader, just similar to voiceover, I suppose, but I haven't really used it much because I haven't used a Windows computer in a long time. Yeah. I've just heard it's not still not quite as far along as voiceover. Um, so generally on Windows, you have to install a third-party software, which... It works, but it's not quite as convenient as just coming in on a any computer and just turning it on and using it like anyone else would. Mm-hmm. But Carrie, what else? What else do we got going on here? As we said, we're live back here, November first. It's kind of interesting because it's been exactly a month. I came in live for the first time since March of 2020 on October the first for my music show. So right. it's, it's been exactly a month now that I've, we've been back in the studio here, and it's uh, it's nice. It is nice to get back out, but hopefully. Hopefully things stay safe over the next couple of months here and numbers stay low as they have been and we can continue to do this. But if not, you know, we got to adapt and we'll do what we got to do. But Yeah, adapting. It's all we do. Yes, indeed. But uh, I like having options. But I did want to start the show, not necessarily talking about technology, but... <laughs> yeah, sorry, we kind of got on a tangent. But, why but that's, not? What, that's what happens on these... I guess today is another mixed bag, or mixed Monday mixed bag is the way I like to say it, because I like the alliteration of the Monday and mixed. 
beside each other. Right. But I've been talking a lot, Carrie. How about uh, you take over? <laughs> well, I was just going to congratulate Radio Western on 40 years. They had their anniversary, their big on-air bash live from... Dundas Place, downtown Dundas Place. in London here on yeah. Saturday. So, you know, the weather held out better than I think people sort of were thinking it would. And uh, I was listening from my couch in my warm house in... So I'm not in town, so yeah. I um, I listened, though, tuned in for most of it, and uh, they had some hip-hop, some dance stuff, Then they obviously revisited sort of the 80s, and I like 80s music, so that was cool. Uh, but some, you know, old guests from people who used to do the show here 30 years ago or whatever, but it's just strange to think this this whole thing got going before I was born. Couple, yeah, I mean, a couple years before. Well, 40, 40 years in 81, but it, it was around way back before then. Right. It just in, no, different, in different forms, but it di- didn't get the full um, yeah. FM, FM signal yeah. until until October 31st it actually was. So the anniversary was actually yesterday, but yeah, they it did it on a, on a Saturday just because it was the that was the big night. You know, people were out more and it was a Saturday night. So right. it made sense to have their 40th anniversary celebration. So yes, of course, happy birthday anniversary to Radio Western. <laughs> birthday anniversary. Um, it's not a birthday so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it says here that I was looking on the radiowestern.ca website and there actually is a really cool history section that sums up the whole history of the station that you should, you should give a read sometime. It is really yeah, interesting. I love history. I will. Um, but I guess it, or, the origins date from 1959 when student pl- politicians suggested that a student-run radio station would be a boss idea. <laughs> it was not until 71... That radio at Western really grew legs when a group of students began broadcasting for six hours every Sunday night. So it's been through various forms, but that was on on CFPL AM 980 at the time, apparently. Right. So there's been there's been various forms. You should you should go read the history. I'm not gonna sit here and read. Yeah, don't go into it all. All this all this stuff here because there's various phases here. But um, yeah, it was 1980 that things really started to kick in. But 1981. That uh, we got this signal here on the, the radio, though it was originally back at ninety four point seven on the FM dial, and I carry actually remember that because I used to listen. Funny, we didn't listen back in the eighties. I wasn't even born way back in the early eighties, but in the nineties, growing up and being a radio addict like I was, the signal isn't super strong, so I couldn't always get it back near Woodstock where we grew up, about forty minutes from here, but um. Sometimes you could get it, and sometimes in a car or if we were driving in London. I just remember how exciting it was to find this station in the 90s, and that was right around when I was getting into a lot of underground music and stuff, so I still remember like calling in when I was 11 years old and requesting Ganger and stuff like that, but uh, um, just so many memories from the station, and of course we love everything Radio Western does here for the community in London and the students and... Just to have this this platform here in town is is an incredible uh, opportunity. So, big shout out to Radio Western. Yeah. Um, but Carrie, you were saying that so you were in Woodstock, you didn't make it. No. Um, which is you know that makes sense. And I was in London, so I do feel kind of bad that I didn't go. Um, you, you had plans with a few friends that night. Yeah, anyway, I, d- I did already have some commitments this weekend. Um, but it was they were there all day. Yeah, that's just it. And then, yeah, the weather. Tim but kept saying, if you're on your couch right now listening, come on down. He's talking right to me. Indeed, yeah. That's how you have to do it on the radio, right? We, we speak to you out there, listening. In the listening world. Listening yeah. audience out there. But, yeah, so I really could have went. But just again, just let's talk briefly, Carrie, about being blind and not being able to see. And, I, again, I don't want to make this as an excuse because... 
you, 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 there are always workarounds, and it's not just that. It still comes down to confidence and personality. You know, some people are just super outgoing, and they never let anything stop them, and they'll do whatever. Right, you can't hold them back from going where they want to go. Yeah, um, but I would cool. say that just going out in general when you can't see can be, it's a little more stressful just because you do have to pay attention a little bit more. You know, if you can't, if you can see, you can kind of sometimes just go out and, of course, you should always be. Watching where you're going. Yeah, paying attention, watching and listening. Mm -hmm. Um, But. Yeah, we were talking about runners the other day and how they, you don't, for women especially, you don't recommend that they run with like headphones on listening to a podcast or something. If they're not paying attention, they think maybe they're looking, but they they need to be listening to Yeah, you might not be able to see what's coming up behind you or something like there's so many things but still when you can see you can kind of just go with the flow a little bit more and you don't have to be as dialed in every second I think yeah so when it's an event when it's sort of downtown and it's very open and it's just it can be loud um, and you know just lots of people and things kind of all over the place sometimes it's hard to know kind of where to go and you know it it helps, obviously, that I know a lot of people here at, at the station, and everyone's super cool and friendly. And yeah. if I'd went down there, I could have texted someone and met someone, and you know. I just said if you just get to even close enough, then you just I guess follow the music. True. Yeah, you could listen to the sound <laughs> and follow that. And I do know the the bus route to get downtown. But another thing is, I haven't taken the bus downtown in a long time, like since before the pandemic. Yeah, and you're usually more confident traveler than I than me, but I think even in the pandemic, I think even you've gotten a little bit more well, gun-shy from from just not doing it enough. Yeah, I mean, coming back here to Radio Western, that's that was one thing because it's it's not quite like in the heart of downtown here. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little easier to get to and the route didn't change when I actually did come back here for the first time on October 1st, I was worried at first when I left. I was like, did the roots change? But in that day, in that day, I was in such a good mood. I was like, I'll just figure it out. And if they do, I'll just ask someone. And there's always a way. Um, but no, they didn't change and I made it here. But downtown, I'm a little more unsure because they've been making a lot of changes. Like Dundas, I think, is a flex street in some spots where the sidewalk and, and street sort of blend more. I think the texture might be slightly different, but I don't know if they have the same curbs. And then there's a lot of talk about these floating bus stops, which we've talked about before with these new protected bike lanes that make it a little more dangerous for for visually impaired and blind people to travel um and also elderly people or you know other groups of people as well but anyway just all of these factors sort of make it a little more uncertain um and then just going down there when you can't see it's sort of harder to sort of just fit in and i don't know isn't an age thing partially too though do you think maybe like 10 years ago your younger self maybe had a bit more well you didn't your That's case just was it. different, but yeah, you know, like if you yeah. were younger and you were still more, I'm gonna experience life, and I'm gonna like now you just like, kind of get, ah, oh, I'm good. And here. if I was living like like my friend who I actually saw on the weekend that night, he was working all day, um, but I saw him that night. He lives like right downtown, so if I lived, you know, just down the street. Then I could just walk out my door, and that's why he lives downtown. I think because he likes to be sort of yeah. in that area, right, where yeah. things are in the middle of it. Oh. And and the area that I live in, there are actually quite a bit of uh, places around there. It's not, it's, it's a nice area, but it's not downtown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a, a bunch of factors there. I don't know if there's anything else you want to comment yeah. on. I think your case. life would be slight, slightly different if you if you'd fa- ended up finding an apartment sort of in downtown more than yeah where you did. So there was a lot going on. I've also just been busy and quite tired lately. And then preparing my music show, which I did last week, my big Halloween show, Carrie. 
Well, is it weird to talk about Halloween once it's over? Like, on, on the way here, they had Thriller on the radio, and I thought, well, you know. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't do a whole Halloween-themed show today. That'd be kind of strange. <laughs> but I think talking about it briefly, it just happened, is, is, okay. uh, is acceptable. If it comes up, I just wondered. As, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, we're the hosts. We make the rules here on, on the show for the most part. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. I, I do regret it. <laughs> but isn't life sometimes full of that? But at the same point, just wasn't the right time, I guess. The, the music show I took, I prepare takes takes a lot of effort out of me and time, and I love doing it. It really does mean a lot to me, but sometimes when I'm done that and the weekend comes, I just don't feel like challenging myself as much, and I do want to sort of take it easy. And again, going downtown is a bit of a challenge, you know. Like anything, it's... <sighs> yeah, sure. like motivation and all of these motivation. things. But anyway, uh, happy birthday, Anniversary Radio Western, and glad to be here. Uh, yeah, it's funny to talk about like the, the glory days of radio and just, just to see places like this to, to think that maybe it's not quite as dead as they make you think. It's kind of like Braille. It, people want to say, oh, there's no, no use for Braille anymore. But Well, but, uh, it's interesting you say that. I remember last year when the transmitter went down here for a few weeks and the radio, you could still get the online signal, but the, the FM signal was down. Uh, I was speaking to the manager at the time and Tim had mentioned that they got a lot of people reaching out and that's those are the times you really do realize when something's here, people just, they listen to it but they don't really reach out, right? But when it's gone and they're so used to having it, they're like, wait, where's the station? How come it's, is everything okay? I don't, I can't get the signal. Like, you notice all the people that do depend on this, this uh, platform and Radio Western here. So it is great to see them doing everything they do and that we're still around here and hopefully... You know, we can be here for the 50th anniversary, and mm-hmm. I'm going to make it to that. I, I'm promising myself now. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll set a reminder in my phone. I don't see it. Get off my couch and get out. <laughs> I don't see it happening when you're in your 40s. <laughs> hey, have some confidence, Sorry, sister. You, you'll, Carrie, be, please. you'll be an old man. <laughs> Sorry. I won't be an old man. I'll be... <laughs> no, not like in general, but for you, it'll be old. Oh, Sure. Anyway, the, I'm talking about the glory days of radio and how now podcasts are the thing. So that's what I do a lot with my along with my spare time, not when I'm running or jogging. But um, I, you know, a lot of people have issues with Monday, the first day of the week. Everybody groans when it's Monday. But yeah. for me these days, as I, I think I may have said, my two favorite podcasts come out every Sunday night, which sometimes I catch them until Monday. So Monday's kind of become one of my favorite days. So. So I've been doing that, and I like some of these podcasts about shows because a lot of times they're dissecting a TV show so much with the, with an actor from the show. It's a big thing these days with podcasts. Um, sometimes they're dissecting the show, and they'll talk about visual things that were behind the scenes or something that I wouldn't have caught even when I could see the screen better and used to watch television 20 years ago or whatever. But it's just interesting, so they'll point out things because they're such nerds, and, and that's I've always loved, like, commentary and Easter eggs and all that stuff on DVDs, but it's it's just great, so I always look forward to my podcasts on Mondays. Yeah, and that's the one's about Beverly Hills, 90210 I think, and the other one is Gilmore Girls, is that right? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure again if all the listeners if they're in school right now at Western, if they know, if they're younger if they know that show, but I think I feel like Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls is a, one that really seemed to get pretty popular and it's even had a, still, it's I think. It's had a resurgence on, on um, 
Netflix, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm not as certain about Beverly Hills. I don't know <laughs> how many 20, well, 21st century. Like I was saying, I'm sure at the, at the celebration Saturday here, they were talking about the 80s, and but then on the way this morning in the car, there was like, I was listening to Vanilla Ice, and I was, so this podcast about 90210 was from the 90s, so then I felt like I was in, stuck in the 90s almost. <laughs> So it's funny to get when you kind of feel like you're in one of the Wasn't that packs. that song stuck in the 90s by uh, Moxie Fruvis? Yeah, somebody <laughs> might know that. I think it's yeah, like a, really. <laughs> is it a Canadian? I believe they were Canadian, Deep yeah. Down. It was like kind of cheesy. But I remember like we kind of got into it in the 90s. And, uh, <laughs> the song was called Back in the 90s, but and that's when it came out. Yeah. Um, so so I was, I've been doing that. And um, what about you, Brian? You said you've been doing fantasy hockey. Yeah, so this is interesting for me. Um, so a few weeks ago, actually, my friend reached out to me and he said, I'm in a fantasy hockey league and one of the guys dropped out. Would you mind, uh, did you want to take over his team? And I thought about it briefly because I was like, I don't really, I was introduced to hockey a little bit when I tried, you know, I wanted to sort of expand my horizons a bit. And about 10 years ago, I asked my brother to des- describe sports to me a little bit. And he told me a little bit about baseball and hockey and football. And baseball is the one that really stuck with me over the years. Hockey, I'd never quite got into. Probably maybe just because it's a little more fast-paced. But my friend uh, was telling me that the good thing is that it's this is all pretty much based on stats. You don't have to be necessarily a super hockey fan. And I love, Carrie, you know, I love numbers and math. So... <laughs> Well, just the, the point that you point out, it's been a month since we've been back in the studio and it was October 1st and it's like just number stuff. I know. I'm obsessed with funny. numbers and all this kind of stuff. You like numbers too, though, even though you don't like math. Don't you like that type of stuff or not? Or not? <laughs> anyway. Not really. But that shows how our brains work differently. Oh, but you don't like what you're hearing when we're on episode 133? <laughs> I was, I was okay, I'll stop then. Okay. How, about, how about I stop telling you? But I was just going to ask you specifically of if this um, fantasy hockey is accessible, however you're doing it. Is there an app or yeah? A so, so yeah, he asked me about it, and I wasn't sure at first, but then I was like, you know what? I'm always up for new experiences, and I, I generally do. If it's something I get into, I, I take it seriously. So, I was like, yep, yeah, let's let's do it. But I also sometimes I have to balance myself because I'm not an extreme person, but I can get a little obsessive sometimes. So I was like, I don't want to get too worked up over this. I want to just get into it. But it, this lasts the whole season. So I don't need to learn everything the first week and ask my friend, you know, a million questions. Mm-hmm. He's there to help and ask, ask questions because he knows I'm new to this stuff. But um, so, yeah, it's through Yahoo Fantasy. And I got the app on my phone. And yes, it actually is very accessible on the app. Um, to see all the players and the stats and, and add players and, and drop players and get all the updates as the games are going on and see what games are happening that night and and all of these things. Um, we're set up with a weekly roster reset, so some people do it, I think a lot of people probably do it daily. I know yeah. our br- older brother, Carrie, Paul, is in two, he's in two <laughs> leagues, actually, with the same people, but it's just so we can have... It seems like a big thing for guy friends e- to do. Yeah, it's just like a, it's sort of a way, because each week... Not, not that I'm saying, I mean, don't do it. I mean, there's probably p- people listening that... I'm just not in that world, I don't know. I know, and I wasn't until, you know... Now you are. A few weeks ago here, and I'm starting to kind of get into it more and more as of yesterday. Is, it, really... all, is it all males on your... On the... Yeah, and I mean, your that league? is a thing, I mean... <laughs> no, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you want to come on our league? No. We have one spot that's open right now, so nope. we have a Moneyball team set up in that one. Nope. And you kind of need, um, you kind of need an even number so that it's a equal like participating because each week you're up against a different person's team in the league. So in this league, there's nine of us, 
And I know um, five of the people. Three of the people I don't know, but the other five I do. So it's interesting because each week you're up against a different person on your in your league, and you get points throughout the week. And after the week, they tell you who won that match, mm-hmm. and then all your points are added up at the end, and whoever has the most points wins. So it's kind of neat. Like each week, you're kind of against someone different, but you're just watching their players and your players and seeing who does what. And I don't know. I just I think it is kind of neat. And well, yeah, it's like friendly competition. It's like it's like a chess game. You you know what what are this what's their move going to be? Yeah, for them to make a move. You kind of see what happens and. You're just watching those numbers, and there's obviously a lot of sort of um, chance in this, but there is a lot of skill too, I think, and especially as it gets further along in the season. Right now, it's pretty early, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't know a ton really of where you're at, but eventually it starts to get more competitive, I think, when it's getting down to the wire and see who actually gets into the playoffs with their team and all this kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll give you a little updates as it goes along, but it, I was glad to see that the Yahoo Fantasy app on my phone is very accessible on my iPhone. I haven't really tried it on the website yet. You could use it on a computer, on like a web browser as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if one would be more accessible than the other, but the app, right. the app seems great. So, although it is a lot of numbers, and I do find that, and also the names, a lot of the names are um, from different cultures and stuff. So they're, it's neat. I think it's really nice to have my Braille display to follow through with the app. It's nice to have the yeah. voice too sometimes, but. I just find with numbers, Carrie, that having them in front of me and tactily helps. I agree. When the voiceover is just reading, you know, blocks and it says That's BLK. That's why I don't like labeling of files because it's a lot of numbers. Yeah, and like save is SV, so it'll just say <laughs> SV5, you know, face-offs one and yeah. then four. So like reading all those stats in a row with a voice screen reader can be a little bit intimidating. So I find having the the Braille display to, to feel the numbers and to feel the players' names and how they're spelled and all this helps a lot with my fantasy hockey. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean about using different technology at different times and what, what do you need from your technology at any given time, whatever, whatever you happen to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have all these different... That's why it's nice when you can have the options and... Unfortunately, there still aren't enough sources here in Canada where every, um, I'll talk about this connecting the dots Braille conference I was at here in a bit, maybe more so after this, the break coming up here, but um, just that not every blind Canadian can have access to a Braille display. It's sad because it's something we need to, to fit in and, and you know, we can't just grab a pencil and pad and, and jot down some notes, you know, it's... It's different when when you're blind, so having access to that braille really is important, and and uh, and having those options. Mm-hmm. And you see when different people are, are waiting to hear back about getting something covered or getting getting some piece of equipment that accompanies. It's like an extension of what we already use—a phone or what else, whatever we all use. Sometimes we have a braille display. Yes, but uh, but I'll just say before the break about Halloween, and then we'll put the whole Halloween thing to bed. It's. Yeah, maybe just talk for a couple minutes, some, a little bit about your Halloween. You had some Halloween with our nieces and nephews last night, I think. I think and it's good to talk about it. Get it out of the way before the first break. Yeah, and then sounds move on. good. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I live nearby to two of our nieces and nephews, and so the other was when we heard over FaceTime. But uh, yeah, I had at my house 25 kids, I think it was. Which, wow. Different years, different amounts. I think I've gotten up to like 40 or maybe even 60 one year. Yeah, I thought 25 was maybe a, a little bit lower than sometimes well, you get. for COVID, Halloween, it was... Free. Yeah, I mean, last year, was there Halloween really at all last year? Did you do it or no? 
What a year it's been. I can't... I was Do you like, even remember? I was trying yesterday and I couldn't even remember. I know. I was wondering. I couldn't remember because I was talking recently to somebody about Christmas and I was like, did you go home to, to Mexico last Christmas? I was like, oh, wait, no. Nobody... We didn't even see our... our uh, we didn't have vaccines out yet. Yeah. So oh, they were starting. things were pretty strict back then. So yeah, I don't remember last year, but... Yeah, I, I don't quite either. I think things were a bit more shut down. So yeah, 20, yeah. 25 kids... And uh, then, yeah, my niece and nephew came by, and the, their costumes were really cool. Um, the nephew was a some sort of black guy, like I mean, just like all in black, like a, like a cat rock burglar, like in, in a black suit, um, and so, so some internet character he's discovered. I'm not sure. And then our niece was a My Little Pony. So, oh, there you go. It's cool. Those costumes are often quite tactile. Her 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 mane for her pony costume was pretty tactile. So. Oh, that's nice. And and our sister can sew, sister Kim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it's one of those things too that I it would have been kind of neat to be there, but I live forty five minutes away. And yeah, I just, it's like Saturday with me. It's like you yeah. know, if you lived right there, you'd pop by for Halloween night and then you go home. And that's another thing I also want to quick mention about being blind is that, and you know, not every person who can see has a license either, so they might have similar shoes, but is the convenience of driving that you miss out on a little bit, and I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetimes, but... Like, to go into the cold night, uh, if it's a wet night or whatever, to go on public transportation, it doesn't have the same... Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, there is Uber now. But, like, if I... You know, if I had a car, I, I could maybe swung by yesterday afternoon for a couple hours, but when you depend on... You know, I depend on my parents to come pick me up or I, you know, I could take a train or something, but it's just, it's not as convenient sometimes. And So you had no kids at your door in your No, apartment. not in my apartment. Nobody knocked on the door and I just kind of stayed in last night and actually listened back to the Halloween show I did Friday to edit it, to put up online. So that kind of kept me in the spirit a little bit, but. Good. I had some music I got off YouTube playing out for the trick-or-treaters, just a haunting sound. Hmm. Crypt Keeper type music. So that was my Halloween anyway. Yeah, it makes me think back to those days. It's been so long since we've ever been out in that, but I remember like being, I was a werewolf the one year and our mom was so creative. She like glued nails on to me, I think, and mm-hmm. all these, we're, we're, I was never like too big into costumes and I know you're kind of the same care. Like maybe as a kid, I was a little less, um, I was At a little one more point open. when you were a kid, you let the, the grown up kind of style you, however. Yeah, but I think now it's just, I know there's Halloween parties and a lot of people are into it, but. Maybe part of it's a visual thing, not being able to see. It doesn't interest me as much, but... And a personality. It's also just, yeah, I think it's just my personality and... um, Yeah, I'm not I'm not that negative, but I'm just, you know, I, I like what I like. And uh, I love the, the, the moods of Halloween and I love putting yeah. together my show with all that Halloween-themed music. I love that about it. Um, but right. the dressing up, not as much, care. But you, you can relate. Because you don't love... No more Halloween You talking. don't love clown costumes either. No, I don't. All right, we're going to take a break. Enough with the Halloween talk, and we'll be right back with more Outlook on Radio Western. Am I back? We're back. Hello. We're back with Outlook on Radio Western. It's Monday morning. First, Indeed. First day of November 2021. We're back live, so I can say things like that. Yes, it's nice to be back live, because... You know, me with, we were talking earlier before the break about me and dates and numbers and stuff. Yeah. And it's also just a nostalgia thing to know when we did the shows. When you did them from home, it was like, okay, we're recording this, but it might not air for three weeks. And what date do we say? So it's neat to be in the moment and say that's November 1st. And mm-hmm. We are live on Radio Western. So, yeah, um, we're going to sort of 
maybe give a quick mention on what's coming up in November. As we said, a few interviews we got scheduled, but uh, was our last show that was? Yes, last week we yeah, did, had a pre-record. We had a pre-record on just a week ago. Yeah, so that was my friend Max and my and my friend Emily that we met at different times in our past, and they weren't even really related, and somehow they they weren't related, and somehow they came across each other. They on connected their own. on their own, and we know both of them. And I mean. Both being in the blind community, but again, that's the stereotype of, oh, you're yeah, blind, you we, must know. You don't know every blind person, so, but you do. It's like my writing community, though. I'm in a, a community, and the longer I've been in it on social media and in, in some of the things I've published and people I've made connections with, the longer you do that, you start to see the same people showing up in the same circles, even if they live all over the place. Yeah, world. and that's the difference. It wasn't like they would have met if it weren't for... No. Less likely. Social media. Pro- I mean, there they, would have been conferences and things in person, but yeah, a lot of it. It was applying hard. for this prize, so maybe they would have still met. But even that is based. A lot of that was online, so yeah. anyway, it's hard to imagine. Check but. out the previous episode of Outlook because Emily is a blind alpine downhill snowboarder. Paralympian. She's trying. Well, she's trying to get into the Paralympics. Yeah. Um, and then Max has the What's Your Excuse Network? Wyexcuse.com. And that's where Emily has her Shredding for Gold podcast to talk about snowboarding and sports for, for blind people and just a topic that really does need to be talked about more. And we touched on it on on the show last week, but we will have Emily on again probably next year after her winter season is sort of wrapping up to get more of an update and just to talk more very specific about snowboarding because you and I really know nothing about sports and <laughs> and we wanted to talk about we wanted to talk to Max as well last week of course and his what's your excuse network and how they met and everything so it would be nice to have Emily on again next year to to get more in detail about her sports well yeah everything was quite closed down all these sort of winter camps she would do or something uh, even though she moved out west where all the mountains are um, with COVID everything was so shut down that this year things will start up again hopefully here and I so yeah give it time see what what develops in that world that she's in there yeah so yes check out our podcast feed to give that episode a listen again just really want to get this information out there disability isn't talked about enough and we really want this we really do this show just to get this stuff out in the media and and out in the public discussion a little bit more so search us up outlook on radio western on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher tune in radio or SoundCloud, Outlook on Radio Western. You can find our podcast and like and subscribe only because it helps get get it up in the ratings so that more people can be aware of this information and, and just continue to talk about it. So, mm. Yeah, like athletes, talking about that world, I think is important. We talk about technology, we talk about sports. <laughs> We're making more of an effort too anyway. But um, yeah, that's what Outlook is. It's just different outlooks. We want to share all of it and everyone we can, which sort of um, leads into my next topic here. Oh, I was going to quickly, unless this is relating, I was going to quickly bring up sports again, just because we're talking about it and Paralympians. So at this Connecting the Dots conference, which was the CNIB conference that I went to, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, um, I only caught just the tail end of the first day because it was a Friday and Saturday. And the Friday, I still really wanted to do my music show Mm -hmm. because it really means a lot to me. And and these conferences are good, but they have all sorts of conferences and, you know, you can't make every second of everything. Um, but on the second day of this conference, so this was called Connecting the Dots and obviously Braille. A Braille reference, yeah. Yeah, super important to us, but Connecting the Dots can also just, you know, has the other meeting of just connecting yeah. things. Something becomes clear to you. Right. So while it was 
the basis for this conference was Braille. It was still about anything relating to blindness and accessibility and all of these different topics and also also geared a lot towards sighted individuals who are working with blind people or teachers of blind students and all this kind of stuff. But on the second day in the morning, speaking of the Paralympics, the keynote speaker was really great and I'd like to invite her on our show uh, hopefully sometime in 2022 just trying to find a way to reach out. Already planning shows for next year. Yeah, but just to get the sports talked about more in the show and the Paralympics and all this. So the opening keynote on the Saturday of this conference was from Paralympian Megan Mahon. That's M-A-H-O-N. And Megan is M-E-G-A-N. And Megan Megan Mahon was born and raised in Northern Ontario. I think it was Timmins, but is now living in Alberta and... She works actually for CNIB. She's the lead for children and youth programming at oh, that's CNIB. Handy if you want to, if you're looking for speakers for your conference, and you got a lot of employees, you can. And it's nice to see again. We we talk a lot about the CNIB on the show. Just integrating when, it all though. When it comes up, getting opportunities for the right people. But it's nice to see when there is a blind person getting paid by this and working for the CNIB. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just we talk about unemployment and all these things that the blind. Um, it's representation. But, yeah, I'll just continue to summarize Megan here. So, in addition to her full-time position, Megan is also an accomplished para-athlete and plays for the Canadian women's goalball team. And she has competed previously in the Rio 2016 Paralympic Games and most recently at Tokyo. But that was postponed, the Tokyo one, right? With the the COVID? I can't remember. No. Oh, did it happen? Oh, no. Well, it's postponed one year. Yeah, so it happened this year. I think she was all ready to go last year and then obviously that... That fell through. Um, but yeah, I just think she would be a really great guest to have on because, again, goalball is a sport designed for blind people that neither of us have really played. Well, yep. Yeah, you and I didn't go to a school for the blind, which is where they're normally played. And, and then if you have the, you know, if you know the certain people, you can join a league that might be put, held somewhere else. Um, but we didn't have anyone near, nearby that we knew to really understand much about that game. But it is the one people think of when I think of blind people. Right. It's like wizards and Quidditch, I guess, or something. <laughs> Little Harry Potter reference. Yeah. So yeah, so if we if we get her on, it'll be great. I think just to talk more about goalball because I don't know a ton about it either, and I think that'll be interesting. Um, so I do have a few more things about the Braille conference, but um, do you want to switch it up for a bit, and I'll go back to that. I just want to quickly say I think I think we should give our mom credit. She tried to introduce a ball with a bell in it when we were little to get us into sports, but we, I don't think we kept it up. But I wanted to give her that recognition, anyways. Yeah, and I mean that also always ties in again to the the integrated schools being integrated into the public school system versus going to a school for the blind, which we didn't, we were integrated, where that still seems to be one of the issues, which we still plan to do a show in the future about the difference between the, the schooling experiences. But being in that school for the blind, it just seems sports is the one area where it really seems like you got a little bit more opportunity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, again, that still comes down from personality and interest, but it still seems to be that just a little bit more open for those opportunities at a school for the blind than it, than it might be if you're integrated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I'll just maybe also say what, to, um, what today begins the month of, while well, I have a chance, uh, November is um, the Indigenous Day for the Awareness of Persons with Disabilities. So that's Indigenous Day. I think they say, getting these acronyms Wait, I thought while. it was a month. Oh yeah, sorry, the month of. Sorry, I'm re- I got my notes here. <laughs> um, yeah, for the so it's the month of Indigenous Disability Awareness, 
And I think you wouldn't. It's good to talk about this stuff openly, I think, because the stuff that's not been happening here in Canada that should maybe be happening,、uh, you know, you weren't aware of it, were you, until I came across it, right? This is what we're doing is we're learning about this stuff. Yeah,、But、a lot of these days in Montreal. Outlook is about diversity, so we're really trying to make this a show where we could sh- share anybody's outlook and we want that to be as welcoming as possible. But, yeah, no, I think this is a really important month, and it's one of these things we are, we're still looking to get. Someone on the show who, who is blind and is also indigenous. Well, yeah, we were talking about、um, like communities, right? And whether it's the blindness community per se or it's indigenous communities, it's who you grow up with. And even indigenous Canadians with disabilities don't always know a lot of other indigenous Canadians with disabilities. And so it's not always that you assume everybody, like we said, of a certain marginalized group knows each other. That's a silly thing that's hopefully outdated. So. Um, but, you know, Indigenous peoples of Canada do experience disability、um, at a rate significantly higher than that of the general population. And of course, there are certain barriers that、um, they have to deal with, whether it's in the medical system or the, you know, the welfare system or、um, whatever that might be. But it's,、um, so it's, yeah, so it's Indigenous Disability Awareness Month. So all month,、um, I'm going to be trying to follow this. I follow a lot of things on social media to sort of see when there's、um, you know, webinars and recommended reading and things, and sort of go out and find a bit of that stuff on your own and educate, which is what I do a lot for this show, is I try to do some research on sort of thing, whatever's going on. And so it's, I guess, IDAM would be the hashtag on Twitter, probably. No, I think that's great. Disability Awareness Month. And I'm going to try and keep up on that as well and try and attend some sort of events this month to. If, you know, to try to figure, figure out what's happening virtually, or, and we'll keep you posted on the show if there is anything that we think is worth recommending to the listeners.、Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone out here, anyone out there is listening and is Indigenous and also has a disability, if you'd be ever interested in coming on the show to share your story and just talk a little bit about、um, your life or, or anything that you think is important、um, surrounding Indigenous issues or any of that kind of stuff, we'd love to have you on. So you can always reach out. And email us at outlookonradiowestern at gmail.com. Or you can always email the station, and I'm sure they will let us know here. But again, Carrie, you bring up Indigenous people, and I'm really kind of bummed that I did miss the first day of the CNIB connecting the dots because the first couple of speakers in the first morning were Indigenous. And、oh, really? yeah, I was reading the descriptions earlier, and it sounded interesting.、Um, but again, I. Couldn't make it all.、Um, but yeah, you can't, I don't know who all goes to all of those sort of things. But it's, yeah, it's unfortunate, like just to hear people's experiences because they're out there and you just don't often hear from them. Yeah, maybe I'll try and research, research these people, even though I missed their presentations, because maybe、yeah. one of them would be good to have on our show. Maybe、yeah. one of them as a. Sometimes we know people through our connections, that, of, like we say, and sometimes we. Well, that's, why, dig, is, that's why it's good to go. And I mean, aside from also just going to these conferences and, and learning, it's also great to get to these types of conferences because you do make these connections and that's how you meet more people. And it's a little different virtually for meeting. There weren't really too many opportunities that I noticed at the CNIB connecting the dots conference to where I could, where there were many like social sort of events. Well, that, rooms. that's harder, a bit harder. It can be a little tricky. They did a pretty good job at the National Federation of the Blind one last、I、year、know. with Sweet, though, Carrie. I know they did. Why you? I don't know. It still feels different. I don't know. I liked it. Okay. Well, I kind of liked it more in some ways. 
Like when you're, because then when you're on a call, you're just like one on one and you're right there. Whereas when you're in a place, it's loud and you might be in a crowd. And I know there's a lot of people with multisensory issues um, that that could be me. <laughs> yeah, so there's various things, but mm. yeah. So I'm sure they had a, you know, it did from what I heard about it, they had a, a nice array of speakers there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't catch too much of the first day. Oh no. Um, well, the CNIB conference, I already told you that. I was. But I didn't know how much you're going to be able to talk about today. So. Right. Well, I'm saying, yeah, that I didn't get to catch m- much of the first day of the... Yeah. Of the... But all the next day. ...conference. But I did catch most of the second day. The first day, though, I will mention at the end that Ramya Amuthan, who we've had on this show before, did speak near the end, so it was nice to hear her there. Um, she works with Accessible Media Incorporated and... Um, you can find her episode of the Outlook in the in the feed, but then at the very end of the first day, John Rafferty, the the CEO of the CNIB, did speak. But again, we we have sort of our questions with this that the CEO is is cited, which just doesn't quite sit right with me on an organization that is supposed to represent the blind. And then when he spoke, it was just very brief, and it was just kind of like, yeah, everything went great today. Thanks everyone, and that's it. And I know maybe that's often what a CEO does, but it still just feels like I was kind of hoping he would say a bit more because I've never even heard his voice, I don't think, until... <laughs> I, said, I, I said I kind of compare him to like the Wizard of Oz. He's like <laughs> the guy behind the... Pay no attention to the guy behind the... But again, I don't know him either because, yeah, I haven't heard him speak either. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting to hear his voice. But, um, but Saturday morning, yeah, the Paralympian that I spoke about, uh, Megan spoke, and then... There were concurrent sessions throughout this whole this whole conference, wait, so there'd be three. Wait, no, but what? Sorry to interrupt. Whoa, take it easy. I just no, it's. I just want to push back on that part a bit. Why do you think he didn't speak more? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know really anything about him. We were we were speaking, Carrie, that we were at this Braille conference back in 2018 in person. Yeah. And. I don't even remember. I don't think he was even there, or if he was, I don't know if he There's spoke. There's a few second, like second in command people, Diane Bergeron, I think her name is, and a few women who were kind of there, Karen something, I think. Yeah, Karen Bro- Brophy. Brophy. I think. They yeah. were taking over a lot of that that I saw. And they were there but... at the virtual one as well. They, right. I heard both of them speak. Right. Um, so it just, yeah, just questions. I question it a lot. And then again, last year, or last week, wow, we're getting our times all jumping around here. Yeah, last the end of the year, it feels. Or a couple of weeks ago, I think on the show, I might have mentioned that I got another email from Ben Mulrooney, who is now the spokesperson, apparently. Okay, when you say that, it sounds like you got a personal email. From <laughs> no, I know. It's not. It's a, okay. it's a generic sort of email sent out to everyone. And he, he didn't get a mention at all at this conference, and he wasn't there. So I don't really know what. Again, some things just seem like a bit of a mess, but at the same point, it was still a really well-organized conference, and it was still interesting. Um, They had sessions on building Braille excitement, kind of trying to find ways to keep students interested in Braille, learning and using it. Um, There was one about code breakers, learning to code, which is something I don't know much about, but I would be interested in. Yeah, you need to take a coding class. Yeah. Um, There was a session on micro-certificates, which dealt a lot with with um, micro-credentials. So just like certificates or little online courses you can take and just mm-hmm. how the employment, you know, the market is changing. Just and to show you that you're, you're, you're competing with the times and the... Yeah, the and that, you know, yeah. sometimes 
we don't always ha- we don't all have the same paths of education and have post secondary in the same way. So having these micro credentials and it's just trying to figure out a way to have employers recognize them and still be able to accept them and instead of certain things and just just all these different things. Um, asking the employer what are the skills that you you are looking for and really really figuring it out. And they were talking too about these badges these with metadata that you can get through some of these um, credentials that the employer can just download it and it gives them all the information on the skills that you that you achieved from the course and, and all of these types of things. Um, wow. And just talking about accessibility as not, not being an afterthought. So all of these things that, you know. That's the problem. We always feel like we're coming in later and pointing out, well, this is wrong and this is a problem and this is a problem. And it's like, oh, we wish we could just... And it right from the beginning. And I get it. I mean, you know, there's so many things being developed and so many websites and all this stuff and people just don't think about it because it's it's not out there in your in your uh, experience and you don't think about things being accessible or maybe a blind person might be using your website. Or if you do think about it, it's just so removed from your experiences often that you don't even know where you would begin or what would be accessible or how that would even work. Um, so that's a whole... Mm-hmm discussion there was a session on introducing lego braille bricks oh see i don't want to ever get started on this topic because then i feel like i'm going to start ranting for no reason but i feel like it's sad to me i heard that lego came out with braille blocks which would be just a good accessibility thing just first we have uno now that that's a kind of accessible game you can get by i said online probably somewhere that has braille on it and just to integrate these things from the beginning and not like a special, oh, look at this special product is for the blind friendly, but to do it with more and more and more products to where is that it's an inclusive design for everybody and it's just what you do when you design a product. That's what I want to get to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I still think these Lego bricks aren't... They're not available. I That's think it's thing. still I through would, schools or something. I would something love to or, order my own set for like just my the kids in my life and, and just for me because I always grew up loving Lego. It was a very... It is a very tactile game and so it always I, worked for me. See, I assume it's probably... I'm guessing it's just a production thing where it's a money thing where they probably think, oh, this isn't a big enough product to have it, you know, if they if they mass produce it in all sorts of stores. But it, I mean, I still just don't agree with it's that. Some sort of rollout um, test or fix. yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, eventually, it will be available to the to the wider market. Um, yeah. And then there was a whole session on mentorship, which I found really interesting. The role and place of mentorship for young adults with blindness and low vision. And this was interesting. It was a study uh, that they did in vis- low vision in Australia and Canada, and they compared both countries. I think they figured that we have s- some similarities. Hmm. Um, and there was a lot of talk about rural areas, like how do you get mentors if you're in a rural area away from cities? And it ties in, Carrie, to what we were talking about, about indigenous you know, people who also have, might be blind. It's connecting with these people that you can look up to and yeah. it's hard sometimes to find these people when when you are blind and everyone's so spread out and I just mean yeah you just might you may very well think you feel at a certain age whatever that might be that you're the only one with things like a lot of us feel about different different things in life and and you it's because you might not have anyone else around people you can see that are already doing something successfully that you see yourself in in one way or another so yeah, because being blind, like sure, you can find a you could find any role model, and it's they wouldn't have to be blind if they're still in the area of interest. Like for yeah, me, I have oh, yeah. role models in music, but in a way, it does also help to have 
maybe at least one that is also blind, just so that you can get that their perspective. And of course, not all blind people think the same, obviously, but it's still you have some similarities in that experience, or at least certain things you might be able to relate on. But I think for me and you, for me in particular, I have to say on on the air is that having you growing up all my life with you were my younger brother, it's just I've had in a way a meant. You're a bit of a mentor. You're three years younger than me, but age isn't the point here, right? It's just that sometimes maybe I inspire you with something I do. Definitely, or, and, yeah. I, and then you know, then then it switches, uh, and maybe I have less of a drive to seek other blind mentors because I feel like I have this you know, built-in well, yeah. wisdom that I can get. But it, again, I I don't always like putting it all on you either because you have things to do. But that's a, that is a great so. point. You know, a lot of people don't have that. To have a blind sibling that's always there that's for you around. That's the point it. of it. And that's the part of our show that we like to talk about is the the relationship we have on the show and in, in real life that, yeah, most people don't have. Not There are blind siblings, of course. We featured some, but... Yeah, we had a whole month back in April of, of this year with blind siblings, which was really cool. But, um, but I just thought it was interesting, too. They were talking about men- how mentorship isn't always done in a formal way, and they were sort of talking about the differences of if you're in an integrated school, like, should there be more of a formal program set up to, to get blind um, students mentored more as they're growing up? Or should it be more informal and is it better when it's really planned out or is it and you can have both right sometimes you have a very formal mentor that's through school or through something and oftentimes it's just more of a personal per, um, connection that you make mm-hmm. that that can allow that so it's yeah. just interesting the one lady so the one lady on this on this panel was from Queensland Australia and it was like 4 a.m. her their time right. when they when they called into the meeting but it's just interesting to hear the different perspectives and um, from the different countries there and it was it was a really interesting uh, discussion, I thought so. So many, so many interesting things at the conference. I thought it was a, yeah. it was definitely worth checking out. I, you know, I didn't take it super seriously and make tons of notes or anything, but I just wanted to learn on a Saturday and and see what sort of people spoke and get a bit of a feel for it. Um, hmm. so yeah, it was. No, again, it's like, I guess call it a regret, call it whatever you want. Like I was looking back, I think, well, maybe I should have gone. And I think they were getting some sponsors to cover people's fee to get in. So yeah, yeah. There were a lot of sponsors. I didn't check out everything there. There was like, um, was it Sponsor Alley or what was it called? Yeah, they had a similar. It was kind of like an exhibit hall at a a NFB or CFB convention that we've been to in the past. Made me think of Diagon Alley, Um, another Harry Potter reference. So yeah, I didn't really get a chance to check out too many of those. It's again, it's a lot of people, a lot of speakers, or a lot of uh, companies representing that. Was it the brick? I think maybe and they might have had a giveaway and yeah, the brick gave away a big big screen TV. Which we all need these things. In one way, you might be like, "Oh, it's a conference for blind people. Why are they giving away a TV?" <laughs> but you know, a lot of times people want still want a TV if they have someone over that can see, and oh, it's still yeah. nice to have a have a nice uh, setup like that. And a lot of blind people can still see something on the screen. I was one of them for many years, so yeah. But yeah, no, it's funny anyway. But yeah, the brick is the biggest name I kind of remember. I think probably some technology companies. Yeah, I was trying to bring it up here in my notes. I did have Humanware was there, which they were at our Yeah, Humanware did speak at one of the seminars and I was I was gonna go to it, but I've I've heard them speak quite a bit and I just you yeah. know, there's three sessions at the same time, so I didn't I didn't make it to theirs. Uh but uh yeah, it was it was an interesting event. So right. glad I glad I made it out to right. that. Well, we can kind of talk a, a bit here as we end up the show today, I think, about what's a bit sort we got coming up a bit here. Um, as I was saying it is National Indigenous Day for Persons with Disabilities. A month, Persons with Disabilities. I'm sorry. That's the problem. They screw you up because they have months and days. I know. And How can weeks. you keep track of it? 
Why do they do that? Mm-hmm. They should maybe pick one or the other. Oh, just to backtrack, it's called, it was called Vendor Alley, is the way they called oh, their exhibits here. They vendors, yeah. Um, and they had all sorts of, uh, so they had AMI, Bell, Center for Equitable Library Access, that's right. Sela. They didn't have NELS, unfortunately, the <laughs> National Network for Equitable Library Service that we talk about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of, lots of CNIB, CNIB Smart Life. Frontier accessibility, I don't know, all sorts of stuff, good maps. But I just find at these conferences, it's like there's so much going on, and I, I tend to sometimes get ADD where I'm jumping from session to session, but this time I really just tried to sit in on a session and sit there for the whole hour and just listen to one thing because you're never going to catch it all, and it's like we're talking about here with mm-hmm. opportunities. You didn't make it to this event, and I've missed events that you've made it to for, for Outlook so we can talk about them on the air. So Yeah, we, we want to have a conversation about it, but we don't both always go to things or hear about things or, you know. Yeah. So that I got asked if I like sort of throw things at you unexpectedly on the show a lot because it's like yeah I mean we like to keep on I try to on to the same things but we both have lives and other things going on so sometimes yeah. one of us will catch something the other one won't and we'll just bring it to the show and the other one will bring another topic to the show that they've uh, they've had more experience with all right well we're coming kind of the end so to sum up as I was saying National Indigenous Disability Awareness Month. It's November here, and so that's one thing we'll be discussing over the next month. And then uh, I guess we got an interview we're recording tonight, uh, pre-record about yes. some children, blind children, and ed- education. So that's another topic we talk about. Um, we got a book review coming up. Yep, uh, we're reading another book. Yep, and uh, we got a discussion about finding community. I think that one's coming up next. Yeah, trying to connect the blind community. That's the mm-hmm. thing we're we're always talking about. And here we mentioned it a lot today about how spread out we are and trying to find mentors and yeah. all the things we've been doing the last four years now that since we've been, or three, is it, I can never remember. It's three four years. years. It's four years. It was the same time I started my music show, 2017. Is when no, we it was 2018. No. We started Outlook in 2018. Oh, Outlook. No, I was talking about, I was talking about when we got involved in the blindness community more oh, and started connecting with yeah, mentors. Yeah, the community. And, yeah. Yeah, so it's only not even five years. Weird. Right. It feels like longer, right? But advocacy, like, like we I talked said, about, is, before that, I kind of just had you, and that was sort of true. We had that, so years. we had something um, before then. But it is nice to to yeah. branch into the wider community and really start to make more connections here. So yeah, yeah. I guess we got a three interviews coming up this month, probably, and yeah, winding down for the year. Uh, like I said, already thinking ahead to 2022, but trying to plan some guests and some interesting areas. I look deeper into. Yeah, so I guess that's it for today, Care. I guess so. Shall we call it? But uh, it's been fun. Nice to be back live in the studio. Yep. Glad we got the mic working. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. Send us an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on all podcast services, Outlook on Radio Western. Reach out anytime. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.